Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you in proud partnership with Guinness. Uh, we're looking forward to the Christmas live shows with Guinness in December. They're selling out fast, so get yourself along to the Cabbage Patch Pub on the 5th of December for some festive cheer. Check out eventbrite.co.uk for more details. And as always, uh, thanks a lot to Guinness for their support. Big Jim and Goody are with me here as usual. How was your weekend, boys? Busy. How was yours, Jim? Do we start with you? You always like a moan. Go on, get the moan out of the way early. <laughs> why, why are you thinking that? Why are you thinking, do I look like I'm about to moan? Well... There's something wrong with you. Why? You've lost about 14 stone over the weekend. You're no, elegant, mate. aren't you? Genuinely, I am a little bit elegant. Oh. This fucking thyroid thing, mate. Really? I don't know. Yeah. But I've, uh, I've been a bit of training this morning. Swam. Yeah. Did a bit of swimming. Did you? Yeah, a bit of swimming. 10 lengths. Yeah. <laughs> Horrendous. Budgie, budgies on? Budgie smugglers? Yeah, budgie smugglers on. So what's the go with your thyroid? I've got a thing called hyperthyroidism. Give me that. Seriously, if I, if I could give it to anyone, I'd give it to you because you need it. Uh, so basically, your hormone, you've got a real high hormone level and started uh, taking it more seriously, medication. Then I came off the medication. For what reason? Because you have to, to see oh, okay. if you can deal without the medication and you walk, you go into remission, which normally happens after about six months to a year. But because mine was so bad, it seems to have come back. So I've tried a few different things. I got sent some... CBD oil, yes. CBD, off Adam Ash, Scotland Bat Row. He set up a company, so I've tried some of that. Trying a bit of training and trying to eat a little bit better. Goody. Mm. But it's still, yeah, it's just, it's just there, just lingering. But everyone's got something, isn't they? Do you know what I mean? You've got morbidly obesity. I, I wouldn't say morbidly obese, I just said lifestyle. <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> I mean, last week, I think Monday was my only dry day. Wow. And I go back, wow, are you worried about your well-being or not? I just need to get through Christmas. And then, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, get through Christmas? And then you start again in January, don't you? Everyone does it. Everyone does what? Uh, everyone, like, detoxes in January. Well, I don't know. Mate, we do joke about it as you've sat here drinking a can of Coke. I've got a side profile, remember, and we, we talk about your tits. They look war, literally... War, war. <laughs> Misogyny. We talk about your boobs, and they look like udders. And Shut I'm genuinely up, worried about you. What you've lost, I've gained. Let's just say that. Well, anyway, on, to, on to my weekend. Yes, yeah, so the commentary on the Scotland-Argentina game, which was <laughs> utter padoop. But Saturday night, night away with the missus. Oh, yes. In Cheltenham, I'd like, say do No kids? No kids, no. Just you and the missus? Just me and the missus. Hotel in Cheltenham. Here Where'd we you go. go? Hotel de Val? Uh, sit at the Malmaison. Okay. Yeah, ended up watching match of the day in bed. <laughs> <laughs> so tired. Did you go out for dinner? Or yeah, I went out for a bit of dinner. That Where'd was it. Um, where did we go? A place called 131. Yeah, 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 on the prom. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah, nice in there. Yeah, you know it. I know the owner. Do you? Mm. Right. Also owns Super Dry. Oh, lovely. Yeah, mm. good spot. Went there. What, you got back into bed and watched. Why don't you go to the old stomping <laughs> ground? Actually, Friday. So I was in Gloucester speaking at a lunch, and all the lads were like, well, we've got a 13 subtone. Blah, blah. Subtone's closed down. We've only got one floor of it now. Do you remember subtone? I do remember subtone. Cheltenham. Um, so you didn't take the missus to the old haunts that you used to hang out? Probably best not just to. to keep out of there. We were tired. Your best intentions is to go out and get absolutely bloody with the message. Probably have an argument, wake up, not speak to each other, <laughs> come to work on Monday. No, um, match of the day after a bit of food. And who had the kids? I don't even know. Um, <laughs> the grandparents, I think. I've <laughs> not even thought about it. Not even thought about it. Oh, nice. But yeah, I did the Scotland Argentina game. Oh my word. What is it like when you're when you're commentating a game like that, Jim, and it's boring you? Well, I was very lucky because I had Nick Mullins as lead commentator and he is the best in the game at the minute. So I just, I say piggyback him. I don't know if you can say that now, but... Of course you can. 
So I was piggybacking. You call Nick Mullins a piggy? So I was piggybacking Nick Mullins. Nick, you're um, not a piggy. I know he listens to the podcast, so. He's very good, though. He's, he's very amazing. good at what he does. But, I, you know, we were just, you know, talking, frankly, anyone who was watching it, it wasn't a classic. But to be fair to Argentina, they, they, they rocked up, made it a dogfight. It was an old school game. In the summer, Scotland put 50, 50 points. They actually genuinely did put 50 points on Argentina over there. So it would have been a massive game for them. And Argentina probably could have won the game. Sanchez, as Nick Mullins, commentator's curse, was talking about how good his kicking stats are. One of the best kickers in the game. Very quality. Front of the post, mate, he's... At, I don't even know what's happened. I, I reckon I would have got it. Really? Genuinely, in my shoes. I reckon I would have got the kick. <laughs> sure. What about your flip-flops? Any flip-flops? I think, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And he's missed it right in front of six. So I think he, I think he missed three, maybe. So Scotland could have lost. Scotland could have lost. Yeah. yeah, they had one opportunity to score. Stuart Hogg picked up on one opportunity, and Sean Maitland went went in the corner, and that was literally about it. So when I said last week after Japan played pretty well against England that Japan will beat Scotland in the World Cup, I wasn't I wasn't being that crazy, was I? But I, I, yeah, yeah. There mate, we go. No. We heard it here first. <laughs> mate, Jim said yes. There's, He's there's gone, a, yeah, yeah. No, no. There is a chance Japan could could win. I hope so. But Scotland did try things differently. They put Hastings at ten, Finn Russell at twelve, that, Hugh Jones at thirteen. That ain't ever working. Finn, Why? Finn at twelve. We weren't going to work in them, them conditions. Well, no. Finn has never played a test at twelve. Uh, that's the thing. I just don't get that though. So but what? they've done it in the games against Fiji and South Africa, and it worked. But then it was absolutely hosing it down. I think Gregor Townsend was thinking. Oh, no, pal. We can't do it. We can't do it. Eh? We can't change it. And, yeah, it didn't work. The conditions were shocking. They had no go forward. Strauss was at eight. Didn't really get the ball. Johnny Gray dropped the ball a couple of times in contact. Oh, mate, on the line, just because he kicked you out of the 2015 <laughs> World Cup. He's such a Judas, Jim. Mate, I'd normally talk Johnny Gray up. And he had, he, had, he had a bad game. He had an off game. But that was about it. There was, there's nothing to even speak about. There was a high tackle, which... Is, was interesting because we'll probably talk about this bloody high tackle, shoulder charges, referees, TMOs or whatever. Fraser Brown hit the scrum half, can't think of his name. He was a sub, clipped him with the forearm. And I'm thinking, he's been sent off here. Oh, really? I, I said on commentary that I didn't think it should have been play on. And it was. It was just a penalty. In fact, it wasn't just, it won't play on. It was a penalty. And I thought, fair play, because there's nothing he can do about it. Nine was doing a, a, you know one of the dive passes as Fraser Brown's coming to tackle him. And obviously, as he's doing a dive pass, he's... he's Ducking into the tackle. Well, the old school dive pass. Old school Scrum dive off. pass, yeah. And literally Fraser Brown clipped him with a forearm on the face. Yeah, there's rugby incidents, but there's there's so many incidents. It's so inconsistent at the minute, isn't it? Uh, in terms of what they're doing, and we'll come to it in a bit. But we haven't spoken about Andy Rowe your weekend. Oh, it was a crazy weekend. The weird fish. Yeah. Set and uh, watched the the Scotland game on the on the TV while I streamed the All Blacks game on my laptop and uh, learn a song for the bagpipes. So there you go. It's a mental bloke. What song do you I do that. mate? That I sounds that. amazing. What were you playing on the bagpipes? Uh, Highland Cathedral. Learning it for the wedding that I'm uh, going to. Okay. Yeah. So oh, well, how have we got it? Have your haircut properly. <laughs> The disappointing thing about that, Jim, is it is sounding a shitload better than what one sounding. <laughs> you could pipe someone in with that. Really? Yeah, well, that was really off. good. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. Oh, all right, mate. Oh, yeah, you know, so that, that's me doing the bagpipes, and that is me. That, that's on the thyroid as well. That's on the thyroid gland. Mate. That could make it better. Do you know what? Britain's got t- talent. Really? Yes. Did that sound good? Mate, that was good. Cheers. I'm just surprised I knew Harlan Cathedral. <laughs> well done, Jim. Well, we've got someone uh, who can tell us a little bit more about the game on the weekend. Uh, Stuart Hogg's on the phone. Thank you very much for joining us. How are you? I'm very well, guys. How are you? I'm good. Have you ever heard Jim play the bagpipes with his throat? Uh, <laughs> I 
another one of Jack and Ollie Gem's stories. Yeah. Oh, there <laughs> he knows. Hoggy, well, you, mate, you're a big listener of the podcast, I know, and I'm sure you'll listen to this back and you'll hear me doing the Heiler Cathedral, which sounded amazing. Uh, but thanks for talking to us, Hoggy, because I know you're on the road, aren't you? You're on the way down to Exeter. Exeter, that's a long drive. Yeah, tell me about it. We're stuck in the car with my wife and the two kids, but thankfully the, uh, the two kids are sleeping and the wife's chewing on a mcdonald's so she's quiet as well <laughs> chewing on a mcdonald's wow my kind of girl don't worry mate you're in uh you're in a range rover mate so uh you're traveling in comfort <laughs> okay i'm not big fella. i get that um hoggy it's great to have another scottish voice coming on the podcast as you know there's been not restrictions uh but you've basically been banned you're not allowed to come on because it's a bit loose so we will keep it quite legit so let's just <laughs> let's talk about the game at the weekend because that's what i was talking about it was a rubbish game to commentate on how was it to play in really tricky Jim um, you know a wet ball uh, wasn't easy to try and get the game plan that we want to try and play you know we want to try and play the, the fastest rugby in the world and uh, you know unfortunately the weekend the weather played a huge part in that and, and we couldn't quite get into the rhythm but uh, look we're just thankful that Sanchez managed to forget his kicking boots and, and we walk away with a win and what's Greg has said about the autumn as a whole in terms of how he's looked on it what did he say after the um, the game yeah, obviously um, he wasn't best pleased with our, with our performance, but a couple of years ago that was probably a game that we would have let slip. So I think on the whole we're, we're, we're really happy with the way things have gone. Um, you know, two wins from four, you know, almost beating um, South Africa a couple of weeks ago, and you know we believe that they're in the, the top three in the world. So we were disappointed to, to be talking about a defeat, but. Now look, we're happy enough and you know excited to, to get going on the next challenge in the Six Nations. So, Hoggy, what you're saying is, if, if that game was a couple of years ago when I was playing, we would have lost it. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> uh, and obviously there was a few new players blooded in November you came back from injury didn't you how have the new guys settled in there's obviously some real competition for places now in the Scotland squad off the back of some injuries in the Six Nations last year as well yeah it's what we love um, you know over the last couple of years as I say we're playing an exciting brand of rugby and there's a lot of new faces coming in and, and competition for places is massive you know uh, it drives us to, to get better individually and you know, it's only driving the, the standards and the squad up as, as well so uh, look we're in, a, we're in a very good place and you know if we can keep everybody fit going into the Six Nations and and then on to the, to the World Cup then you know we're in a very good place so exciting times for, for Scottish rugby and um, you know we're, we're not going to get too far ahead of ourselves we're just going to keep chipping away nicely and, and making sure we're going in the right direction well, what's more exciting is obviously when you came back from injury um, and that game I, I haven't seen you in a while but uh, something's changed about you mate you're looking a lot more better looking hairy hairy, ha- hairy is it what, what's happened what's the difference I have no idea what you guys are on about <laughs> <laughs> come on Hoggy come on do you want to talk about the new uh, lid or not mate, the, the new lid as, as Sean Lamont uh, kept stating I was that ugly that my hair was running away from my face so um, we, had, we had a little goodie transplant in the summer and uh I'm a solid 8 out of 10 nowadays, I reckon, with the new lid. 8 out of 10, strong. Is that what the missus tells you? Well. <laughs> well she, she's even questioning it, mate. I think it was 0.8 out of 10. <laughs> mate, I'll take that. It's an improvement. Uh, mate, as well, let's talk about it because you are heading down in the Range Rover, the life of luxury, heading down to Exeter. It didn't really come out of the blue, but there was a lot of talk of you going over to France, joining uh, Finn Russell potentially Montpellier, some of the names were thrown about. Um, did you not fancy the top 14? What was it about Exeter that kind of threw you, apart from the million-pound contract? <laughs> no, for, for me, like, I had a good conversation with Rob Baxter and Exeter a couple of seasons ago, and as a club that really that really interested me, that an exciting brand of rugby, um, a good group of players, uh, terrific coaching staff, um, and, a, and a lovely part of, of the world to live in as well. So, now look, it's, 
it was very much a family decision, obviously jailing the kids and uh, another kid on the way uh, relatively soon as well. So it was, it was a big decision for us to leave Glasgow after after nine uh, nine seasons, but you know, it's a decision that, that I believe is um, the best one for, for me as a rugby player and, and us as a family. So, look, I'm a, I know I'm look older than 26, but still excited and ambitious in my rugby career and very much want to be a part of a team that will be winning trophies so uh, as I say uh, I believe that Exeter is going to be the right club for, for us as a family Are you trying to kid you 26 with a new hairline? Mate, I know, I know <laughs> I, look, I look 45 and act 55 so, uh, Oh fair play mate you got at least, you got at least 10 years left well, well, we'll we'll see Tell the body that. Well, tell mate, the body that. Mate, if, my, if my body can get to 36 playing rugby, yours can, Hoggy. I'll tell that's you that. Not stone, that's not stone. Oh, dude. okay. Um, so, look, look, looking back at Scotland now, obviously, a lot of the big names, you know, I mean this pretty honestly, a lot of the big names, so yourself, Finn Russell, Greg Laidlaw, the big three, I suppose, really, you're all pl- now from next season playing outside of Scotland, which, you know, for the Scottish Rugby Union and all that stuff. How is that going to sort of affect them in terms of having their biggest names playing away in the Premiership, where you don't get released for all the camps, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, necessarily, you know, I know Greg had issues last year during the Six Nations; he had to go back to Claremont. Is that an issue now for Glasgow, Edinburgh, um, and the SRU to bring through more players and trying to hold on to them when they see the big stars go off? You know, it's, it's tough to comment on on Greg and Finn and the rest of the boys that play it with, but you know, my decision was was based on uh, the ability to come back and play for Scotland. Um, you know, I absolutely love doing it, so that was a, a huge part in, in making sure that once after signing for Exeter that, that I'd be in a position to come back and play. But, you know, look, I think a, a good thing for for the younger generation now as well is that, you know, these boys going away gives an opportunity for a young guy to come in. Uh, if you look at Greg leaving, you know, it gave Ali Price a shot of coming in. Uh, Finn leaving last season. Adam Hastings is now uh, coming out of the woodwork. So, you know, here's hoping that there's going to be another exciting fullback coming through, which, you know, I, I know at, at, at Glasgow there's a couple of boys they're snipping up my heels. So, um, as I say, it gives, a, it gives a young group of boys an opportunity and um, it's only good for, for Scottish rugby in the future. And Hoggy, in terms of Scottish rugby and going forward... Obviously, when I was in the squad, the ten years that I was there, uh, the backs were shite. I mean, you were just coming through. You, you were the only good, only good back we had. Um, but when we were in the squad, all they used to talk about you used to work in cycles. Four years, World Cup coming up in two years' time, and it was all about the World Cup. What has Gregor spoken about the World Cup, or is he targeting this Six Nations? Um, kind of short and term, uh, short and long term goals, Jim. It's the short term goal is obviously the Six Nations just around the corner, and you know, giving us every opportunity to win that game by game, but. In terms of the World Cup, he has he has kind of touched on it as we went into the Scotland camp uh, for the autumn. Uh, he was saying in exactly one year's time that we'd be kicking off against Ireland. So yeah, now look, we're, we're in a, as I say, we're in a good place just now, but we're not getting too far ahead of ourselves and and just concentrating on that first match against Italy at Murrayfield. And then just looking forward, obviously, you're on your way down to Exeter. When I looked at different clubs that I joined throughout my career, and I joined quite a few, I always tried to find out a little bit about the initiation of the new players. Now, I never signed for Gloucester because they either shave your head or make you down a gallon of milk. And I probably could do the gallon of milk pretty easy. But have you heard of the uh, initiation down in Devon at Exeter and, and, and what goes on down there? Does that put you off at all or not? Um, I've heard a few different stories, but I'm trying throughout the whole of the autumn test camp I've been trying to get out of Sam Skinner what actually uh, is involved in initiation and he just keeps laughing so I'm a bit nervous and he's telling me absolutely nothing so there's loads of different stories of what happens but whatever it's going to be it's not going to be nice but you just got to to get on with it and, and, and hope for the best and, and, and try and mix in in the best the best way you possibly can so uh, as long as it doesn't involve shaving my head because I'm worried that it's not going to go back <laughs> but, uh, in, 
anything else, mate, we'll, we've just got to, to, to get on with it, I guess. Well, there's a million reasons why you shouldn't worry about it, Hoggy. That's all <laughs> I know, mate. <laughs> oh, mate, here we go. <laughs> Stuart Hogg, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Uh, best of luck for the rest of the season, mate. Thanks very much, guys. Big Ch- fan of the pod. Keep it going. Cheers, Cheers Hoggy. Cheers, Hoggy. Don't Good man, mate. Cheers, buddy. Good man. 26. Tw- apparently. Wow. <laughs> mate. He's a hell of a player. Bottom line, hell of a... I, I generally thought he would be touching nearly 30 without without Googling someone and seeing their age. He's one of the youngest players to play for Scotland. No, I know. He? When he I went know. on the Lions tour in 2013. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Like, literally, he's got another eight years. And he's getting better. Yeah. I think as well. Quads on him. Mate, he, well, he's in, he's in good shape this year Mate, as well. Yeah. Not, not that he weren't in good shape before, but... Well, he looks a lot better now. It's amazing, it's amazing when you have your hair done, everyone's like, geez, you look good. Yeah. Because obviously you're... The reason of having it done is because you look like a bag of shit before. That's what people say to me anyway. Um, I don't think it's to do with the hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he looks good, mate. And it's good that he's come on. I like that. I don't think Exeter would have paid him nowhere near what a team like Montpellier would have paid him. Oh, so no. I think it's huge respect to him, mm. knowing that he's in his prime. He's picking up a few niggles, injuries, naturally, the way that he plays. And he's played a lot of rugby for a young lad. So I think Exeter is a great move. And I think that they'll look after him as well. Yeah, I don't think that they'll run him into the ground. They'll know that... Extra will know that having Stuart Hogg fit at the end of the season, as Saracens do, is yeah. all that matters. Yeah, yeah. True, actually. And you, you, you think about it, and he would have spoken to, maybe not so much Finn, because Finn's just gone to Racing, but Greg Laidlaw last year, always having to go back to France. You go to France, there ain't good care there, is there, sometimes? No. We run, we run very far, and we keep running. Oh, you have a hamstring? Run. <laughs> it's just madness uh, sometimes, so... Yeah, and you see that from um, how the French are getting on at the minute. My old mates over the channel. Mate. <laughs> oh, the old French. Oh, you got to love them. Absolute lemons. Uh, like, so you've gone from, obviously, bagging. It started off with Bastero, you bastard, and now it's crept up to the whole of France. So it went from Bastero to Toulon, and now it's the whole of France that you hate. No, listen, it's just, having played there, and I love my time at Breve, there was you know some good people, but having, you know, Jim, you down at Montpellier, and all you say I hated is, it. You hated it, and they're cowboys. The French detest the English. Um, so why can't we have a little chuckle at them every now and again? And, uh, you know, Macron's piping up in the old Brexit talks as well. Pipe down, Macron. Mate, stop you, talking about married, this stuff that I don't understand Macron, about. Macron, you married your school teacher. Just be quiet. Who's Mac- who, Macaroni? Who's Macron? It's a kit make, isn't it? <laughs> Who's Macron? Are you joking? Absolutely no idea who Macron <laughs> is. Do you want to explain Andy or is the, isn't he the French president? Yes. No idea. What how would I know who the French bloody president is? Macron married his school teacher. That's all you need to know. What do you mean he married his school teacher? What, did you marry your school teacher? I would have married the school teacher. Mrs. Good came over. <laughs> she was over. She, we were discussing you over Sunday lunch yesterday. Okay, what did she say? She said uh, you have to tell Jim He's doing very well for himself. That he's very rude towards me because he said I was a shit mass teacher. I didn't say she... Oh, did I? <laughs> exactly. Oh, no, yeah, shit maths teacher, so great do you, want, do you want to say sorry to my mum great now woman. over the podcast? Because she listens. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mrs. Good. I'm sorry for saying that. And you're a lovely woman, and I enjoyed our time together. <laughs> and she's a good teacher? And she's a very good teacher. There we in go. a very tough environment there we back go. in the mongrel mob days. 21-14 Fiji over France. What about Sammy Randrada? Oh, I mean, he is sensational. I mean, for the Fijians, not that the Scotland game wasn't a big game or any other teams that they've played, but we know that a few of the Fijians play in France, Ramrandra being one. Yeah, Nakarawa, Nicky Gonovan might be going to France. We've got one of of the heroes from the weekend on the line, Sam Medavisi. How are you, mate? What's it about us all? That's an amazing Fijian action, buddy. (laughs) 
<laughs> All the way from Cornwall. <laughs> Mate, it's great to have you on the show. Um, how good was that and what was the atmosphere like at the weekend at Stade de France? Oh, it's, it's incredible. You mentioned the Scotland game first. We had the whole squad together three days before that Scotland game. So I think from then being in camp you know, in Gloucester against Uruguay and then heading to France, everyone was pumped really. I didn't think many people thought that we'd do well, but as a group, everyone was yeah excited. Well, we saw how much it meant to the guys, obviously, after and the stuff that's gone out on social media. One of the videos I saw, which I love, was was everyone singing in the huddle. Um, what kind of songs are being sung in there? Who's leading that? And, and you know, what does it translate to? What are you singing about? Um, I don't actually know. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I was like that, mate, during the, during the Scottish anthem, mate. I had no idea either, so it's fine. <laughs> the scum was was leading the charge, um, but I, like I said, I'm not too sure what they were saying, even though I knew the words, that makes sense. So are you joining in singing along with them, or are you just like following the noises? And, yeah, no, no, no. Luckily enough, over over the three weeks, every night we sing, so I actually like, learned the words, and I, you know, I asked some of the boys to help me, which, which they do, but I don't actually know what it means. Um, obviously, we all know, we've all played with Fijians, they love the carver. Um, was that flowing after the game? And just tell us, does it go on pre-match as well? It was a bit of a pick-me-up, and how big was the night out in Paris? Oh, it was, oh, it was massive. Uh, we had a few meetings after the game, back in the hotel, and as soon as uh, our head coach, John, as soon as he like, literally said the last thing, there were three bowls already made and ready to go. I think it carried on to about seven, half past seven in the morning. Wow. Yeah. Can you just explain what the carver is? I, I've had it before and I remember having it with Sarah Rambini actually and I, I was saying that it looked like dirty dishwater, which you weren't too happy about. But <laughs> we absolutely love doing it with them. You get the guitar out and, you know, there's yeah. a real kind of tradition. It's great to be a part of that. But can you just oh, tell yeah. the listeners what the carver is? So it's, it's, it's a root of a plant and it's like, it's sort of crushed down. It's mixed with water. Like you just said then, it looks a bit like muddy water. It doesn't taste amazing but it's, it's nice if that makes sense and it's served over a big bowl and it's like it's usually the the eldest or most respected senior person in the room will like will, he'll sit behind the he'll sit behind the bowl and it's his job to then like hand it out to everyone in the room mate it was awesome when we've done it before um just on the result again it's a huge result in terms of where world rugby's at at the minute in terms of fiji and we spoke about the uh, south sea island teams the pacific islands obviously yourself samoa and tonga in terms of funding and and, and the lack of it but how's it gone down in fiji do you know like, I know you can just go back to your clubs and everything gets back to normal a couple of days after, but do you know how that result's been received down in Fiji? Yeah, I, I think I think it's massive. I think, like I said, after the Scotland game, you know, everyone was a bit, not harsh, but a, you know, a bit critical, which is, is fair enough. You know, we got beat fair and square by a lot better team on the day. And then, I don't want to be disrespectful to, to, to Uruguay, but it's a drop in terms of you know who we're playing. So I think as, as a group, we wanted, to, you know, we wanted a massive performance against Uruguay, and then we wanted to obviously finish off strongly against France. But I think, especially in, in Fiji, like rugby, rugby sevens like, is massive, and I think you know it, it helps everyone. It, it gives something because everyone but back home in Fiji on the island, there's something to talk about, something to look forward to. And I think looking forward to this World Cup, you know, I think it's, a, it's the only time in a World Cup year where we will actually get eight weeks, or, or if it, you know, I think about eight eight weeks, if not longer, as a squad. So hopefully, then, you know, we can have a massive push you know, for the World Cup and then looking at the game you've made uh, a lot of people's sort of team of the week international team of the week after your performance um, was that the best game the game that you're going to remember for the rest of your life in terms of your performance and you know going up against someone like Guillaume Girardo as well he was he's a monster is that a game that you're going to look back on in your career and go that's the best day I've had so far in my career and it was an amazing experience Oh, 100%. It's, it was amazing as everyone there knows it went quite quickly after the game I, I, I don't want to stop shirts yeah, it's the only shirt that I've actually only shirt for Fiji that I, I, I've won in, and I've only played five games. So after the game, I didn't want to swap shirts. Yeah, like they had an incredible team, and 
all week we had a chat, especially front five and front row, about the scrum and set piece. And it didn't go too bad, which is massive for us. And in terms of, um, you just mentioned five games you played for Fiji, is that what you said? Yeah. And how do you manage that as well? Because um, you're also playing at Cornish Pirates, but you play for the Navy as well, I'm right in saying that? Yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky. Like, every, everyone in the Navy like, you know, helped me, everyone at the Pirates, you know, are fully supportive. And I think if in an awesome opportunity for someone, you know, at 16 to, to any age that, you know, not not, not so much are finding rugby at that level hard, but, you know, you can like, look, look, look to the Navy for, for a career. And they'll also support you in any sport you want to do. Mate, definitely. And your brother, Josh and Joel, at Newcastle, uh, after that yeah. game at the weekend, you were linked with Quinns before that. Surely your value's gone through the roof now. Are you, um, <laughs> mate, we can push you if you want. We can push you. Um, <laughs> but are you looking to, to make that uh, next leap, the jump up to the, the Premiership? Yeah, I, I think hey, every player in the Championship wants to play as high as they can. And I, I, I'm no different. But at the minute, I am at the Pirates. I, I am happy. But. If that opportunity came, then you know who knows. But you can't, you can't give us any insight. Good man. <laughs> that, that means he's hopefully got a contract on the way from Quinns. Go on. <laughs> Sam, thank you very much for joining us, mate, and uh, best of luck for the rest of the season and, of course, the World Cup. Also, thank you very much. All the best to everyone. Thank you. Cheers, Cheers Sam. Sam. Thanks, mate. Good man. Bye-bye. He sounds exactly the same as his brother, Josh. I played with Josh at Worcester back in the day. Pumba, we used to call him. Pumba. Yeah. Or Flying King. Yeah. You talk about it. So you've got a Cornish lad there who is Fijian, and he sounds Cornish. He sounds Cornish till he, till the cows come home. Playing for Fiji. The flip side of it, um, Raka, who plays for Claremont in the centres, he's got French citizenship now. When you talk about that as a, and we talk about tier two nations a lot, there's a lot of players that have been drained out of that player pool. Could you imagine if they had the funding that the tier one nations have, or they had a team, and we, we probably should have asked Sam about it, if they had a team that was in Super Rugby or a franchise that was in the top 14 or the Pro 14, obviously logistically it's near impossible. And that's probably one of the things, is logistically getting in and out of Fiji it isn't easy. But you just look at the players that have come through, and that's a huge win. Obviously they won the gold at the Olympics, which was massive. But in terms of 15s, to beat France in France. Yeah, massive. <laughs> Mate. And here's the thing. So they've, they're now above them in the world rankings as well. So Fiji are above France in the world rankings. I'll say that again. Fiji are above France in the world rankings. Did you, did you hear what best uh, your, your mate said on, on Mike Goody? I didn't. I didn't see it. Didn't hear it. He's gone mad or something. Yeah. So. so he's in the huddle and he's caught a mic saying we have to start from scratch now and we're at rock bottom because we're pathetic, shameful, and we have to be aware of that. And that's when at the very end of the game where they're behind the sticks after the try has been scored, right? Yeah. So he, he said it for effect. Um, he's trying. To, he's trying. Well, he's to, not said it for effect, has he? It's true. It's true. Well, it is true. But he said it because he knows the all the. Microphones are there and he wants it. Oh, the leader will lead us. Shut up, mate. Shouldn't even be in the team. Oh, goody. Stop being horrible, mate. I'm worried now. My association with you that I'm going to get fucked up by him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, if I'm anywhere near a French player, I feel like... He should be banned. No, I like some of the French players. Bastereau should be on a six-month ban for his assault on the rugby field. That's why I'm saying he shouldn't be in the team. Well, maybe get my friend on. Imanel hung like a donkey. Hanordiki. I was on the bar bars with him. He's a top lad. Best French guy I know. What did you make of the uh, the England Australia game, Cody? Were you there? Yeah, I was there working. Uh, yeah, no. Listen, it was it was a game that basically decided which way our autumn finishes in terms of is it positive, 
I mean, you look at the final result, that second half we played really well. Uh, and it was a decent performance in the second half. That's um, what I had done on my notes. No, you wrote notes. Is that a scrapbook? <laughs> it's a scrapbook, yeah. It's, it's got a scrapbook. Full of pictures. Can I just read my notes and no, then you Jim, can say, I've no, got my points listen, and we can talk about them. Listen, Jim, no, everyone like you for being the big, <laughs> dumb, stupid guy you are. Why are you being horrible? Just abusing people. Why are you being horrible? You, you're you're the big one. You're the big one. <laughs> and when you go, I've written some notes on certain players. No one They're not to... notes, they're points. <laughs> okay, read us out your first point. Okay. First point. England's Scrum. Tick. Oh, my God. Bore off, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Bore off, Jim. Farrell shoulder charge. Question mark. <laughs> so that's why. Listen, go back to being the old Jim. Okay. Oh, um, keep going. Keep going. Um, Checker. Fuming. <laughs> Sinclair. Man of the match. Question mark. Scrum was good. Yeah. In brackets. Um, our scrum hose their scrum, to be fair. But <laughs> Told then, you. But then Australian scrum's been shocking uh, for a while now. Sinclair played very well, ball in hand as well. I thought he made a few mistakes. Did you? Mate, he'd best be hard. I'll tell you that. Oh, he's, he's the fake Blow tough bags, guy. mate. He's the fake tough guy, isn't he? He's a new marler, mate. Soft as pudding, gives it lows, knowing that nothing can happen. Um, the big talking point, obviously, is the last play of the first half. Rodder breaks through and, and Farrell... Shoulder charges him, knocks him back. Illegal tackle. Should have been a penalty. Should have been a yellow card. Should have been a penalty try. But Jaco Piper absolutely got it wrong. He said, oh, what did he say? Rodden led with his shoulder. The ball That's carrier. what he said. He heard I it mean, on... are you an absolute cowboy or what? Mate, you hear him on the ref, Mike. He said it to Hooper. Yeah. Hooper's like, mate, what is going on? Crazy decision. And listen, you can't say that it's affected the result because who knows what would happen that whole second half. Ultimately... Should have been a penalty try, in my opinion. Farrell should have had 10 minutes in the bin. But we still win the game because the Aussies just folded like a, a deck chair, didn't they? Um, well, weren't they all ill in the lead-up to the game? Supposedly. Well, Mate, they, I was watching it closely and they didn't. They looked slightly off the pace. Hooper yeah. looked off the pace. Uh, their front row was walking around. They looked like they did. Some of them in the second half looked like they didn't want to be there. Well, going on the week before, I think they've gone out and got absolutely smashed, didn't they, from the week before? Well, I had some mates out in London on Thursday night. And they bumped into Curtly Beale and Adam Ashley Cooper, absolutely steaming. So it was the day that the announcement was made that they've been left out of the squad because they had some girls back in their room, which coincidentally was Adam Ashley Cooper's sister-in-law, apparently, oh, according, according to him. Well, hang on. So he's gone back to the room with his sister-in-law. Uh, but it's close family. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, I don't. No, we don't know no any. Judgment. Yeah, we don't know any real reasons. They might have just. So got were they back. not in the squad then? Was Curtly Beale so not down to play? They got stood down. Team protocol. Some senior players reported uh, that they broke the team protocol of having girls in their room after a test match. And, you know, there's a lot of undercurrents there. There's obviously the big Israel Falau thing and Pocock, their differences in their outlook on gay marriage, legalising that and, and voting Brexit. for that in Australia. They've got to be on Brexit. <laughs> they chuck Brexit in there as well. <laughs> you know, so they've got those two big characters, big names, star players. You've got Curtly Beale and Adam Ashley Cooper, the old school getting smashed and, and whatever. And, you know, we know Curtly Bill's a loose character. He's got previous. Um, you've got, you know, youngsters coming through. Checker going wild at the press all the time, having a moan. There's just so many. They're just being pulled in all sorts of different directions by themselves. Just on that Curtly Bill and Adam Ashley Cooper saga, what did you guys make of their own teammates actually dobbing them in? Is that a good thing for team culture or is it a little bit... I don't think it is. You don't think it's a good thing for team culture? What, as in your teammates dobbing you in? When you sit down as a team, you say, right, these are the guidelines. These are what we're judged on as a team. So these are the behaviours off the field. If you break them, you all sit there in the team, don't you, and agree it. And it's, you agree this code of conduct for the season or 
however long the, wait, maybe it was a code of conduct for the tour and you all sign up to it and say you don't physically go and sign a board and go I've been there with some environments where they go come and sign the board everyone signs a bit of paper you sit there in the meeting room and you walk out knowing what the parameters are so imagine you're sat in a team room and there's a few of you that know Curtly Beale and Adam Ashley Cooper have broken these supposed laws that they've all signed up to and it starts spreading around spreading around yet the coach doesn't know and then you know you've got a youngster saying oh if he can do it because he's got 70 caps or whatever oh, I can do it doesn't matter does it then that's how things sort of drift apart and you have massive fractions in the squad because ultimately if you sat down and agreed something and you know to the outside was it serious that they had girls in their room I don't know it is if it ain't their sister-in-law when they're both married I'll tell you that for free that is serious but I don't know see I don't agree it, but I'd say that you broke code of conduct many a time yeah like what though well, skin folds. <laughs> you don't <laughs> sign up and say, I will be under 100 mils. Yeah, well, you do, don't you? No, you don't. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> you don't, mate. <laughs> you say, right, so you've got to come in at 12% body fat, and you're it, like, well, no can, one's we, ever can, said that, can, can we double it? At every club, no one's ever said that to me. No? They've no. never said, Goody, we need you leaner. We need, no, no, we need a streamline, but, streamline Andy Good. Hair flopping around in the wind. We need you lean and that, hungry. Not that, hungry, sorry, wrong, wrong thing. But that's not different, hungry. though, isn't it? Code of so, conduct. So it's not code of conduct. That's personal performance. So code of conduct are simple things like no birds in your room after a game. Oh, that was never spoken about. In my no, no, but it wasn't. But if, if you've signed it all up, if so, don't be late. You know there'll be a fine or something if you're late. There's all these different parameters. Now checkers basically it's been reported to him that they had girls in their room, which breaks the code of conduct. If he goes, yeah, fellas, that's all right. And it's just a free-for-all, isn't it? You, you might as well not have a code of conduct. So, you know... Who's, who's told him? Well, you know, in your time at Saracens... It was all all done in-house by the players. The coaches let the players deal with it. But I get it, especially with the, the, the Australian team and the New Zealand team coming up you know, in South Africa, but more the kind of New Zealand Australias on rumours that I've heard. As soon as they get north of the hemisphere, they're having it, isn't they? They're they going get out. loose. They get loose because... That they're up here not a lot and it's a long way to come and they love getting out in the mixer end of the season so I can see it Curtly Bill leading the charge and on top of that what do you guys make of Sinclair's sledge to the Australian team our blowbacks calling them all snitches mm. I think he said you're all fucking snitches anyway I mean that's like that's such a harlequin thing to say isn't it <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, it's just it's banter isn't it it's all bant just on the England team should we be giving Eddie a bit more credit now. Good, yeah. I mean, he, he, the bit South Africa, Australia, ran New Zealand close. It's pretty good autumn. Well, do you know, do you know what I loved about last week? And it's easy to say this after we've performed and, and won in the manner that we did in that second half. You know, we win 37-18. The week building up to the game, Eddie Jones said absolutely nothing controversial. Just kept his powder dry. Um, you know, I don't know what that was about. I don't know whether it was, did him and Checker have an agreement not to say anything. Whatever it was, finally, he's got through a week without throwing a hand grenade into the press. Like, go to the temple and pray or blah, blah, whatever he comes out with. Just concentrate on coaching and concentrate on your team and you get performance. I think he listened to the podcast last week. I think week. he did. I think yeah, he did. I think so. he did. So, you know, credit to Eddie Jones. Yeah, it's a Good performance. Defensively, we've been very strong um, in the autumn and, and John Mitchell's come in and taken that yeah, over. Yeah, so tip of the shoes to Mitchell, definitely. <laughs> tip of the hat shoes to Mitchell. But yeah, listen, we're in a good place now. You, you think about those supposed 16 guys that were injured and, you know, the list that you look at of those players. Ellis Genj will come back in into the mix at some point when he gets some form. Obviously, Mako's going to be straight back into the team. Launch Breit, George Cruz, those sort of guys will be in around the mix. Sam Simmons, Billy, Vunapola as well. Yeah, you look at someone like Chris Robshaw, 
I think his England career's done now. Well, Imogen Seba has tweeted in, true or false, Mark Wilson has played Chris Robshaw out of an England shirt. 100%. Mark Wilson was our player of the series. He started all four tests, played 80 minutes in each game, and lo and behold, Eddie, this is what happens when you pick players on form in the Premiership. And he got an opportunity, didn't he? And he's taken it. Yeah, That's the he, thing. he wouldn't have got picked had... It's personally, crazy. I, don't, I don't think he'd have got picked had there not been these injuries. It's just crazy, isn't it, how players' careers are defined by little moments like that that are probably out of your well they are out of your hand injuries to other players are out of your hand but I agree with, with Wilson what do you think of Brad Shields at the weekend I thought he was very good really yeah I did I thought he played okay. really well All right. what about that line have you ever done a line out like that where you t- body's twisting the wrong way you throw it around the back of your head down to yeah, I scrum- have. no lies Jim oh, mate, you lies. keep saying lies you, like you said about the lies about me putting George North into last week into next week no, and last, last week, week. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Tim texts me and you refuse to put it up on social media because it's well, one no, of the biggest hits you've ever seen not, and you don't Jim, want to talk me so up. So you've hit George North as he's going to deck because well, he's been tackled by Post it then. And tag else. me. Post it and tag me. And, and you, said, you said you stood over him and gave it the old... I, <laughs> I did, but they, put the re- they, they, they replayed it five times. So. And you said you stripped the ball off him. What happened was you fell over with him. You just literally got your spangly fucking hands in there and somehow... Luckily, come away with the ball. Okay, well, you make it out to be that. the biggest tackle ever. Well, anyway, anyway, it's one of them where you, 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 it felt like the biggest tackle, and then obviously as years go by and you look on it, it doesn't look as good as it probably should <laughs> exactly. in HD. Um, well, but what, you, you know, you talk about the back row. Now, Billy's in our team any day of the week. You start Billy at eight, right? When he's fit. If you're picking England's best back row moving forward for the Six Nations for the World Cup, my back row, you're going Billy at eight, Underhill at seven. And Wilson at six. Agree. We agree. We agree. Well, I'm just letting you talk about England as they're your your team. Well, you're, uh, you're English as well. I thought they were good. Yeah. Rob Shaw now has got to get himself fit at Harlequins. And he's got to tear up trees because you ain't picking him for work right now, are you? When you're seeing someone like Mark Wilson doing what he does. I think Eddie, subtly, has now probably done the right thing in terms of moving Dylan Hartley onto the bench. Yeah. And the thing that amazed me, I don't know exactly how many minutes Jamie George played for. Was it about 70 minutes? Dylan Hartley, Max, has done 45, 50 minutes max in all the last however many games we've played. Jamie George is our starting hooker. The only thing that annoyed me about Eddie Jones last week is when he announced the team, he's put Dylan Hartley on the bench and he still named him as co-captain. <laughs> you are not co-captain on the bench. <laughs> he's just looking after him. All I know is Dylan played that many minutes and took 100 grand away. So that's all I know. Yeah, no, and, and fair play. He's obviously an integral part of Eddie's team, etc. But just name... Owen Farrell captain, because what happens with, if Owen Farrell went off injured, you'd have to bring George Ford on, which would have meant who's the captain then, because are you changing hooker as well to bring a captain on? The co-captain things, are, it's, it's a way of just getting Dylan out of the team, I think. Well, let's talk about Wales. They beat South Africa, so they've made a clean sweep of the Autumn Internationals for the first time. Jim, you've you've run some stats analysis, uh, some notes on this in your, got your, ju- in your diary. Oh, just Scrape notes, just notes, that's all. One word notes. So Wales, Wales versus South Africa. Good. 14-3 at halftime. Anscombe, very good tick, but he missed the ball to touch cross. Missed so, the ball to touch? Yeah, missed the ball to touch at key, key time. You mean I, I, missed, can't, I can't remember the time. The kick to touch. You what missed did touch. I say? The ball. The ball no. didn't miss touch. The, the ball missed touch. <laughs> um, South Africa, a lot of mistakes. Tick. Malcolm Marks at the breakdown was a king. And Yako Creel, I don't know why I've put his name down, but he's down there. Ellis Jenkins, pure class, but he was injured. Alan Wynne-Jones was awesome. North was good, but not very good. There we go. You touched on Anscombe. Do you think he's nailed down the number 10 jersey for Wales now? Yeah. You reckon? Yeah. He started, and, and I know Bigger came on at the death. He's their number one ten now. You've gone 
unbeaten through the autumn, started against Australia. Listen, biggest quality, you, you're not just going to toss him away and say he's out of the squad. He's always going to be on the bench. Anscombe now deserves the run of the shirt. It works well for both of them because Bigger is a conservative 10 who can close the game out. He's a kicker, isn't he? Yeah. Like He's the guy at the end of the game where Wales have thrown everything at it. Anscombe is a very good player. Yeah. And like I mentioned uh, before, maybe not last week, the week before, the guys in Wales, when I was down in Wales, they've been waiting for Anscombe to get his opportunity. Yeah. And he, mate, he does, he takes the ball to the line. He's, he's kind of changed their attack, hasn't he, yeah. really, yeah. this autumn. And Wales have been class, haven't they? I, I, do you know what I love? Hadley Parks. I think he's a brilliant player, Hadley really? Parks. He's a Kiwi, isn't he? Kiwi, yeah. yeah, yeah so of course, Anscombe, of course, so. of course. Yeah. Hadley Parks, um, Jonathan Davis at 13, play really well. Mate, the Wales are, they've got depth now. You know, they've obviously missed it. Yeah, didn't have Falatau in the back row. Moriarty went off pretty early as well. Yeah. He With didn't, did you see it? He didn't want to go off. No. Well, the... It was not the TMO, but it was the referee at the side of the pitch with the yeah. iPad who yeah. makes decisions to pull him off. And he, he was like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. HIA failed. Yeah, exactly. Just no- shows you... Noodle, that. boodle, doodle, yeah. doodle. Done. It, it just shows you how important it is to have doctors there that are impartial and just got the players' health at, and, and safety at, um, at the forefront of their minds compared to a player. Because every player, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm, I'll play on. I wasn't concussed, I was all right. Well, actually, you actually, you can't tell yourself, can you? No. Uh, but Wales are great, honestly. I love watching it. I watched it on Saturday night, actually. Mate, Alan Wynne-Jones, you wonder how he can do it. I do, anyway. I'm looking at him, mate. Like, I'm like, how do you maintain that level of performance? He's you, awesome. And if you speak to anyone at Ospreys, or anyone in Wales, they'll say he wants to play every single week. So it's not like the Pro 14, he's like, oh, I want to get rested. He wants to play for his club every single week. Yeah. Apparently, his conditioning is ridiculous. Up there with mine. <laughs> <laughs> Up there with the likes of McCaw. You know, McCaw, that was his one thing, wasn't it? And you look at Wynne Jones, but I'll tell you what, he's carrying. Like his carrying was probably the weakest part of his game. Mm. And he is sitting some big bockers down. How, um, how physical was it the weekend? Oh, ridiculous. Well? I, th- I didn't think South Africa played very well. They didn't mix it up, though. They're trying to go Route 1 China the whole time. And Wales, through Channel 1D, are one of the best teams in the world, aren't they? Like, you know that, that that's where Wales are very good. And you put into that mix how good Alice Jenkins was as well. Oh, just turning about, over. Just gutted about his knee. Mate, you hear it on the ref mic? Yeah. Screamed. Yeah. When it happens, so you know when that happens, you're fucked. Unless you're Will James and you scream and you, you come back a week later and you've actually not done anything and you get stretched off with oxygen. But Ellis Jenkins got stretched off at the end. It didn't look great, did no. it? We've been around the game long enough to think you hear a scream like that. It is, you know, you hope it's just his ACL. Yeah. And that sounds horrendous to say. You know it's a bad one, right? Yeah. An ACL you can come back from in six months. If you've done, you know, you've ruptured everything in your knee, there's players that, you know, struggle to come back from the whole thing. So, you know, you think about uh, Jean de Villiers did it years ago, didn't he? And it sounds horrible to say, I hope it's just his ACL. But to scream like that... You know it's serious. You know it's serious. And you just hope an ACL, you can get back in six, six, seven months uh, and hopefully be ready to go for the World Cup. Because he's amazing, Ellis Jenkins. Oh, he's really good. Mm. Like, I've always thought every time I watched him play you know him captaining Cardiff at times as well with Warburton now being away so there's a void to fill there and he was class but I've been well impressed with Wales under the radar because I think Goody mentioned it they've not won all their autumn games before and nine on the spin now I was chatting to Nick Mullins about it so they've got am I right in saying they've got Ireland at home England, England at, home. at home Yeah. so what they'll perceive as their two big ones at home hey you never know well, you, you've changed now from Scotland winning the Six Nations a few weeks ago <laughs> to Wales now. I, I think Scotland potentially can win the Six Nations. You are absolutely dreaming. 
Mate, you've turned into an arrogant Englishman now. That we're England back, mate. Won. I told you. Grand Australia. <laughs> mate, Australia were village at the weekend. They mate. were. They were village. Well, Ireland have dominated all the action on the field so far this season, but it's off the field where they've made some headlines this week. Joe Schmidt is uh, calling it a day on his coaching career after 2019. What do you guys make of that? I'm unsure yeah. whether or not he is, or he's just playing it done. It's one of them, and as he said, I'm never coaching again. No, but obviously his pathway is now. We all know, and I think the obvious thing is to say. 2019 World Cup, he finishes there, whatever happens, and the natural progression, he's a Kiwi, Hansen's going to come to the end at some point. I'm and going home. Gonna, he's going home with his family, and oh, by the way, the All Blacks job's up for grabs. He can't say, I'm going for the All Blacks job, because mm. Steve Hansen supposedly hasn't made his decision yet. The Lions also need a top guy for the tour in South Africa in 2021. So, you know, he's basically saying to both of them, British Lions or the All Blacks. Or England. Yeah. You never know. But he's the best, you know, his achievements, what he's achieved with Ireland in the, what's he been there, five, six years? Mate, he's been a... Phenomenal. Class above. Yeah. Class above the world. So as a coach, you can, you you name your price for any team. He's he's a New Zealander, so he can get the All Blacks job. He's coached Ireland, he can get the British Lions job because he's got all the knowledge there. England are going to need someone after Eddie Jones. They've got bags of cash. They could say, offer him the job. It's like any person in any walk of life, job offer gets put in front of you, you look at it. How many zeros? That's all he's saying. Of course. And apparently England tried to get Andy Farrell, but uh, he's he's going to be the next Ireland coach, obviously, um, taking over perfect succession planning. Yeah, we signed for four years, and he, he's then head coach for Ireland through to the 2023 World Cup. So it's very sensible by Ireland to lock him in now. He's, it's also very different being head coach to defence coach. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a it big is. step. But in every environment Farrell's been in, as a defensive coach people you speak to he does more than that yeah so he's massively integral to everything that goes on so and you know the next year he's going to learn everything off joe schmidt looking at it going right this is now my job what am i going to take from joe schmidt that i want to continue what do i want to change slightly and put my print handprint on it and what do i want to get rid of so you know it's perfect from the rfu to do that and you think of succession plans I think for me, that's where the RFU have let themselves down. The IRFU have done pretty well. Yeah, and while we're on Ireland, um, clean sweep, coach of the year, team of the year, and Sexton, of course, uh, world player of the year. No real surprise. Yeah, well, there. I called it, didn't I? Oh, I said, I said the Sexton was going to get it. You said Fafta Clerk, hands down. No, I said I wanted Fafta Clerk. No, you didn't. After the, the, no, this Jim. was before they beat the All Jim, Blacks. Jim, Jim, Jim. We so, all called it. I said Sexton, you said Faf. Okay, I wanted Faf. <laughs> Okay, we got Sexton. Sexton Fair deserves call. it. What about his interview? He couldn't speak. He's lost his voice. Is that because he's still absolutely steaming? I think so. After beating the All Blacks. But he had a throat infection, so he couldn't actually speak. But yeah, he deserves it. Listen, he's been unbelievable. Um, as has Big Devon Toner. He has talked him up a storm since the podcast started. He ain't followed me yet. I've just keep checking his social media. He's not been on Twitter. 17 wins on the spin for Big Dev. Yeah, all right. What a hero. Also, there's been uh, some Premiership and Pro 14 on as well. What stood out for you guys? Tigers lost again at home. Yeah, Soprani. a close game. I mean, Saracens played really well. Max Malin's what? Oh, wheels? Yeah. W- w- wheels? Skin, skin Carl Eastman. Yeah. And then he <laughs> went in, out, shake it all about. All he's got to do is, is look to his right, feed Lazowski. Is there some beef between him and Lazowski? Oh, it must be. Because Lazowski, fair play on the ding a ling ling playing on the wing. He played awesome he on the wing. He was amazing. got man of the match. Amazing. Yeah. He's a great kid, Loz. And Malin's makes the break. All he's got to do is look. To his right, off his left hand. Maybe he didn't like passing off his left hand. Throw, exactly throw right. a 10-yarder. So he stepped back in and then thrown a 30-yarder over the top to Lewington. Yeah. Yeah, listen, Saracens in that first half. Rode the storm of Leicester. Leicester started really well. Leicester could have won the game, yeah. to be fair. Leicester came back at the end. Saracens just marching on, aren't they? What would you make of Cipriani's mistake? 
oh, he's throwing an intercept, hasn't he? Trying to force a play. You know, everyone's going to jump on it now and go, that's why he doesn't play for England, which, you know, is ludicrous. He's a game breaker that, I said it before, Owen's our starting 10, Owen Farrell, an amazing leader, amazing player. Cipriani's the sort of player you should have on the bench that can come on as a 10, open up attack, and also cover fullback. So, listen, he's, he's throwing an intercept, but he's thrown probably 10 worldies this year to create tries. So, uh, five through. One bad pass every 11, shall we say. I'd have been happy. Yeah, in terms of Gloucester, you're not going to be happy not being able to back it before. I know Exeter's a tough place to go and play. Gloucester, top four side. All right, you don't expect to win, but you expect to get something. Well, Ex- we've spoken them up, haven't we? Yeah, Exeter players missing as well. Yeah. And Gloucester didn't really, did they? No, they didn't, no. And um, this is where Gloucester has always been an underlying thing is away from home. Yeah, they have. And uh, you look at it, and top two teams now, Saracens and Exeter, or Exeter are first, Saracens are second, running away with the, the Premiership. And it's all about those battles for third and fourth. And, uh, you know, Wasps got the uh, bonus point victory over Bristol. <laughs> Just. Yeah, good day at the Rico Arena on Saturday. People talking about a crisis. Pipe down. Should we have a quick look at what's floating around in the Roman Mill, guys? You got anything? Well, Goody mentioned it after we spoke about Fiji. Gonover moving to France. Yeah, Castle Racing. Be devastating for Newcastle that. He, he, for me, maybe not as much this season, but last season he was the best player in the Prem. So yeah. you can see him going, cashing in. And also with it, you know, people, our listeners don't maybe do or don't know. When you finish your career in France, you get something called the chômage. So if you sign a two-year deal in France, you actually sign a three-year deal because you then get what's known as. Job seekers allowance. Yeah. So the chômage in France is like job seekers allowance in England. But was it actually? Yeah. It's yeah. up. It's up five thousand five hundred a month. Yeah. Five thousand five hundred euros a month. Uh, and as a rugby player, you're guaranteed two years. What's well, new? Is it twenty twenty three months? I yeah, think yeah, isn't it's close it? To two years of five and a half grand a month. So <laughs> technically, you sign the four year deal. If you, you, ha- you have to be deal. looking for work though. Yeah. They have to try and find you a like for like job that you've just finished. Mister Gonover, you want to be a French teacher. I can't speak French. Here you go. You can't work. There you go. <laughs> five There's five and a half bags. Mr. Gonover, are you looking for a uh, rugby contract? I am, but no one wants to give me a job. Okay, here's five and a half thousand euros a month. That's the way it works. Yeah. Any other rumours floating around? What else have we got? Um, we asked Andy Pound, who we didn't mention was an unbelievable guest. He's bringing out a new book soon. Wow. Life in the Fast Lane. Mate, I'm telling you Get now. It? Read that book. Yeah. He book. was. Uh, we had the live show in Cardiff on Wednesday, mm. didn't we? He was... Un- Believable. Loose as a goose. But we asked him if he was going to take the vacant Scarlet's job, as we're talking about rumours. He said no. He said he's not quite ready. But we've got the Melbourne Rebels boss, David Wessels? Weasels? Vessels. Vessels or Weasels? Vessels. David Vessels. He's in the hot seat for that, for the Scarlet's job. Be a good job, that. And then your mate, Willie Legou. Yeah, I mean, well, Japan, he's definitely back leaving. to the Bulls. He's definitely leaving Wasp, isn't he? He's off. I don't know yet. He's never there. Well, he's back this week. Well, he's here and they're struggling, aren't they? We're playing Saris this week. Oh, my days. Yeah. Um, yeah, rumours of him going to back to the Bulls. Um, and then Josh Adams, potentially, to the Scarlets. Big loss. Leaving Worcester. Worcester. But he, he's loss. got to. He wants to play for Wales. He, he is playing for Wales. Well, I know, but he can do it now under the regulations. If he signs again for Worcester or stays in the Premiership, he ain't playing for Wales because of the, the laws that dictate when you and where you are when you sign your contract. Alrighty. Right, well, let's finish things off with the good, the bad and the ugly, which is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler this week. If you're looking for Christmas ideas, uh, check out budgiesmugglersuk.com for some fun ideas. They've got lots of great options for men and women, or you can customise your own budgies for your team, for your mates, or just for yourself. Um, they've also got Lots of other stuff like budgie socks, hoodies, beer stubbies, and so on. So go and check them out and enter in the code RugbyPod for free shipping this Christmas. 
Uh, as ever in the world of rugby, I say it every week, plenty of good. Um, we'll start off with the support for Gareth Thomas and the LGBT community. Uh, Stonewall UK as well. All the laces were worn um, across so many rugby games this weekend uh, after Gareth Thomas' attack. We spoke about it last week. It was in the ugly. Something good has come of it what he tried to make out as well. So the awareness has been raised. The French team, loads of them wore the Stonewall laces and then loads of international rugby followed as well. So England, Wales, across the Premiership as well. You know, it was across the board. So great to see. Uh, But then looking at International rugby, we'll start with Wales, unbeaten the Autumn Series for the first ever time under Warren Gatland with their victory over South Africa, uh, 20 points to 11, that's uh, nine wins on the spin for them, obviously back to Twickenham, England's dominant victory over the Australians, Joe Thocken, a singer, seven carries, seven defenders beaten, 107 metres and a try, he was outstanding for me, Mark Wilson, again, an 80 minute performance, brilliant bloke, brilliant player, been given the opportunity purely because Eddie Jones had to because he would have picked other people but they got injured and he has taken his opportunity with both hands after coming on the podcast after being on the podcast that's what we do an outstanding autumn for him got to be England's player of the series but yeah brilliant from England smashing the Aussies we'll just dip back into the premiership Saracens victory uh, over Leicester some scintillating rugby in that first half Alex Lazowski's try and performance in general on the ding-a-ling-a-ling Max Malin's Skinned Carl Eastman should create a wonder try for Alex Lewington. Brilliant performance by Saracens. They roll on. They're 19 unbeaten. 19 games unbeaten for Saracens now. Eight and on the spin uh, in the Premiership. And Exeter as well. They march on with their victory. So tip of that to them. Obviously, we've got to talk about one of my old clubs. Wasps. Brilliant victory over. Scrape through. Brilliant Blue victory guys. over Bristol. <laughs> well, Bristol should have beaten Exeter the week before and we were... 32 points to 7 up or something in the second half. So, um, yeah, it's good to get back on the horse for Wasps. Well done, the boys. But the good this week has to go to my Fijian friends. Bulla. Sorry again. Bulla? It's Fijian. Okay. What for? Um, Bulla. Hello. Oh. Uh, Anyway, so... The good this week goes to Fiji, a Tier 2 victory over a Tier 1 team in France, 21-14. Baseli Yato, Semi Randrandra, Leone Nakarawa and Nicky Gonova were all huge. Brilliant performance. Apparently they smashed up. Paris afterwards as well at a big night. So um, tipping cars. No, 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 no. They got smashed up and had a good fun. Had a good fight. They got smashed up and had a good time. So the good this week goes to Fiji. Uh, the bad. Where do we start with the bad? There's plenty of bad this week. I'm going to start down in Wales. Anyone see Dwayne Vermeulen putting on his the headset from the uh, yes. water carrier? The water carrier comes on, trying to give a message. I mean, you know, sometimes you get water carriers that come on and they're like, the call is blue sheep. And it just means absolutely nothing. He's misheard it. Anyway, Dwayne Vermeulen has put on the water carrier's headset and start, started talking to the coaches. That's against the laws. So that was pretty bad. Uh, Italy got their pants pulled down by the All Blacks. We haven't mentioned that. 60-odd points. Um, they had their big game against Georgia, which they got through, which was great. But you'd hope they'd be a bit more competitive against a poor New Zealand team. What else was bad? Australia's second-half performance. And Curtly Beal and Adam Ashley Cooper for being on the smash and doing whatever they've been doing. Not a happy environment, the Aussies at the minute. Yako Piper. He looked like a rabbit in headlights to me at times. Why stereotyping? Um, what do you mean? A rabbit in headlights. Oh, it's, a saying, it's a saying, Jim. No stereotype. <laughs> His decision and explanation regarding Owen Farrell's no-arms tackle was, for me, as an England fan, absolutely ludicrous. What else was bad? World rugby. Michael Checker, after the game, in his interview, and he was, he was fairly Checker-like in how he presented it having a bit of a moan, having a bit of a whinge, but I think he had some value behind what he was saying. He actually said that the referees had said that Owen Farrell's tackle against South Africa should have been a penalty, but no sanction was given. That's a shambles. The World world Rugby should have come out and cleared everything up. So there's all this debate about what's right, what's wrong in the minute, and they are just sticking their head in the sand, not doing anything. And for me, the inconsistencies 
regarding applying the tackle law and getting their message across has been shambolic for me during this autumn internationals and people are moaning about Dwayne Vermeulen putting on a headset well that's one thing <laughs> I mean go figure that's one thing but in reality if you want to clear up this whole tackle situation world rugby you've got to make a stance should have said something about Owen Farrell um, should have you know you've defended Coalisi last week yeah for me I hope they come out and said actually enough's enough tackles with no arms like that are out of the game it should have been a penalty and let's get tougher on people if, if, if they're going to make mistakes let's not hide behind things let's just out people that's what we do on the podcast we out people world rugby you, you out people get your house in order but that's not the bad this week there's only one thing Come you on know then. what it is the bad this week goes to the French oh. <laughs> the French why are you stereotyping I'm yeah. not stereotyping they lost at home to Fiji the French were well they were very French they've now won only three of their last 17 tests the French you are a shambles boys the bad this week goes to Jacques Brunel and the French team and then the ugly. Uh, only one ugly thing really for me this week, apart from Andy Rowe. Um, Thank you. The injury to Ellis Jenkins at the end there and the noise that you heard over the ref mic. Man of the match performance, but to be stretched off on gas and air isn't nice, isn't pretty, pretty ugly. Hopefully it's not as bad as first th- feared and he can get himself fit for the World Cup because he is an absolute star. Thanks, Goody, and thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our new Superfan sub- monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Andy Goose, rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. <laughs> 